It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals have some decisions to make this offseason to get to the Super Bowl in 2023 or January 20, February 2024, technically. Let's talk about their biggest needs and how they could attack this offseason. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube, that follow button if you're listening on your audio platform of choice, and join the First Listen Club with the many thousands of others of Bengals fans that make us their first listen every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. James, big offseason. Got one more year of Joe Burrow before his cap number really begins to get big before it begins to take up a big part of your salary cap, at least one more year. Because that fourth year of the rookie deal, even if they do extend them, which we've talked about and we expect, won't get that large. We're not talking about a $50 million cap hit right away, even if Joe Burrow does take home an extra, I don't know, $100 million in cash. That's not going to be reflected in the cap hit quite yet. So given that you have this one to two more years of, flexibility before some of your current rookie contracts expand. We know about the free agents. We've talked about some of the free agents that they've got on both sides of the ball, Hayden Hurst, Jermaine Pratt, Bob Bell, Jesse Bates, et cetera. What's the, the biggest thing that we want to see them do this off season? James, I'm putting you on the spot to start. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, the biggest thing is to keep that $50 million per year, uh, half a billion dollar quarterback upright. And and that's the thing. I frankly, it's the only thing that matters outside of, well, keeping those weapons. And if you can do that, I think you'd argue if you could have done it the past two seasons and I get it, they had injuries and that was part of it, a big part of it this year. But you might have two Lombardis, you know, at, at Pecor Stadium, and, and we might be having a very. This might be locked on Super Bowl, and and that would be how we go by, uh, you know, changing the name of this podcast, which is a good idea and might happen if they get it done in Vegas next year. Uh, point being, though, right tackle to me is the spot. That that's the spot that if you look at it, and I like Lel Collins, and I thought he played through some issues, but now he's thirty. Now he's coming off of an ACL, and you just said it. There needs to be some urgency because the cap hits are going to come soon. They're going to come quick, and it's going to be harder. You, you If you're going to make that splash at right tackle, not that they're going to go out and spend, you know, give a, a Taron Armstead-type deal to a right tackle, but 
they can go out and get a guy. And I see a lot of these drafts where it's like they need to address tackle. I'm going to throw this at you. How comfortable would you be if a rookie uh, at the end of round one steps in and is the starting right tackle day one? Because if that happens, I think Lel Collins, there's a good chance he would be around or that there would be a veteran swing tackle or something. You would have to have some kind of insurance if you're banking on a rookie. And it's not like the Bengals, when they drafted Cordell Volson, were banking on him at left guard. They were actually banking on Jackson Carmen, and it didn't work. And, and Volson was able to, to show that he you know, was okay as a fourth rounder. I get it. It would be potentially a first round pick, but you don't know who's going to be there. I would be scared, I think, and worried if, if we're going into the draft this year and they haven't addressed that right tackle spot. What do you think? It's a little bit challenging without knowing more about Lel Collins' recovery, and we're not going to know by the time the draft comes around, and that has to be part of the Bengals' thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Is that by late April, early May, Collins is going to be, what, four months removed? Maybe five months removed? Do we know when he had his surgery? He had it, I believe he had it in early January. Which would start I, so so January, February, had, March, April. So you're talking about four months away from the surgery. You're you're not really going to know when he's going to be back at that point. No, and, I mean and you, so you might not know in camp when he's going to be back. Right. I mean, and and I don't know if I've said this on the air or if it's just been when we've been talking. But given Lyle Collins' history, there's a small chance that he just doesn't get back next year. He, he's missed a year for an injury before. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. There's no reason to think that's going to happen. There's no reason to think that he's going to have an extraordinarily complicated recovery. We just don't know anything right now. The Bengals certainly know more than we do about the scope of the injury, about the scope of the repair, about the initial prognosis, about how he's done in early rehab. But they, they still don't know, I would say, enough to, to say when he's going to be back. And you could you could ask him the same question about Cheeto, and you could ask Cheeto, and he doesn't know when he's going to be back, and his surgery and injury was earlier in the year. So that that makes it really hard to want to go into this draft, regardless of how you feel about this tackle class, and it, it doesn't necessarily feel like 20, what are they, 27, right, is where they're picking? 28. 28. Does I, I couldn't remember with the with the vacated pick in the it's first weird. round. Yeah, yeah it's only weird. 31 first round picks this year. Um, you, you're gonna bank on waiting for that pick for for the guy you want to be there and and for him to not only be there but then be the right guy because we know how the NFL is about putting too much stock into their own evaluations. At the same time, you look at free agents. Orlando Brown is never going to play right tackle again. That's why he left fine. Baltimore. Good. Don't want him. So, so not going to be Orlando Brown. That's your top of the market guy. Mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey, next guy on the list. Jawan Taylor. Who, who else are we talking about here? I don't think Caleb McGarry is a fit. A bunch of free agent interior linemen this year. Kelvin Beecham, you want a stopgap? There's a one-year guy you could you could go look at, maybe, maybe a couple years at a low dollar amount. Uh, a name that we're probably going to talk about a lot as we get into some free agency like targets and, and uh, simulation kind of stuff, Jermaine Elumenor, who is projected to get, to get a two-year sub of $4 million per year deal, just 28 years old, coming off a career year. 
that one's one that you know Joe and I have talked about. Joe's tweeted about as well. Joe Goodberry. So the challenge is finding the right guy in free agency mm-hmm. to be that temporary piece and and have it fit in the salary cap. Like Cameron Fleming, a name that we probably would have laughed at a few years ago, has kind of carved out a solid couple of years for himself. Could be a, a cheaper option. If they had signed Morgan Moses last year, I don't know. Maybe he's hurt too. But we saw what happened with depth. So can you get a guy who's going to be okay without breaking the bank? Because they can't break the bank of the position. And that is their challenge, is the balance between the expenditure, the cap hit, and the uncertainty of figuring it out in the draft. Up next, I'm going to – well – respond to that because it's interesting you said something that i don't necessarily agree with and okay. i i hope that duke tobin doesn't agree with it so we'll right, get to that next we'll get to that next here on locked on bengals but first today's show is brought to you by the one the only built bar the number one protein bar on the planet the protein bar that every bengal's offensive lineman offensive player defensive player everyone on the roster coaching staff well, they should have in their lives because it's covered in 100% chocolate, high in protein, low sugar, low calories. It's perfect for you, Joe Burrow, Lyle Collins as he recovers from his ACL, maybe one of those right tackles that Jake mentioned that I, I'm going to talk about in just a second. The point is, is Built Bar, uh, they taste great and you need to get them in your life right now. So go to Built.com for more or You can check them out at your nearest Sam's Club or Walmart. Yes, you can go in-store. You can look at them. You can buy in there. You don't have to necessarily go to built.com anymore, even though that's where I get them. You can get them at Walmart and Sam's Club as well. So don't delay. Try the number one protein bar on the planet, Built Bar at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, James, challenge me. Let's see how much we disagree here. Let's have a conversation. Why can't they break the bank? Like, why why can't they go get Mike McGlinchey? Mike McGlinchey's affordable. Like, they can do that this year. And I... That's a Taron Armstead deal. They, they might not. No, it's not. They might yeah, it not. Is. It's not. Taron Armstead, Armstead is a five, $15 million per year deal. And Mike McGlinchey is projected at four years, 15 and a half million. Taron Armstead was projected at like 22 million in free but he didn't agency get last that. year. So maybe you're and just talking about a different contract and not Taron Armstead. Taron Armstead with the Dolphins, he didn't get that? 15 million a year. Who's what he got? Okay. Well, you can give 15 million a year to a tackle. So there, I'll rephrase it. You can for, a, for what? For three years? He's, 30, he's 28. He hasn't played at Taron Armstead's level. He played in eight games last year. And then he this year he obviously played pretty well. I don't think he's going to get huge, huge money where it's just scary, scary. And if you're willing to move on from a Joe Mixon, then you I think that there there is room. It's not like we're we're saying 
bring back McGlinchey. Also have a huge cap it with Jesse Bates or, or sign McGlinchey. Oh, you also have a huge cap it with Jesse Bates and Jermaine Pratt. No, I think those guys are gone. And so if those guys are gone, you can spend somewhere. And I think the spot would be right tackle. So, so hypothetically they could, right? If they did a lot of things differently, then they've done them. Like a lot of things. Going back to the all-in all in episode and the things we talked about them doing differently, that means doing all of them. Not just two out of three or, or, or 75% or whatever. It means you're going to move on from Joe Mixon, you're going to structure contracts differently, and you're going to maybe try to find some restructures to free up space in the short term. And you're Maybe they to don't extend deals. T this offseason. I'm not saying maybe. they shouldn't, but I, I, what would you say the, the extension is? Like How likely? I would say it's 50-50 at best. It's the same agent as Jesse Bates. It's going to be tough to get that done. The the Mulligata factor is <laughs> is definitely significant. I mean, we've been talking about it since for for two years now. We've been talking mm-hmm. about the Mulligata factor with T Higgins in the offing. Yeah, I just I, I think that they could. It to me don't go don't find the the guy that could be the Quentin Spain of right tackle. I need to find someone, if I'm Duke Tobin, that's going to make the block that's necessary with the game on the line, period. Right? You, they're going to they're gonna stick with Cordell Wilson, and they're going to continue to develop him. They're not going to go break the bank on a left guard. We've been here, done that. We've seen it. Maybe they stumble into someone in the draft, and he beats Wilson out or something like that. They're not going to do that. You obviously love Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. Jonah, we already had that conversation on, on, on Monday's show. So if you missed that, you know, he's going to be back. He's going to play left tackle. Why wouldn't you go after a guy that suddenly you'd have everything that you thought Lyle Collins was and then some? I don't know. And by the way, th- this would also be contingent. They they can move on from Lyle and and, and obviously uh, open up some money there. Well, they, they, they can't really immediately do that, right? I, I don't know if you talked about this with Andre on the show or not. I can't remember. We did. No, we did. Okay. It, but so for, for people that missed it, it's you, not it's, completely shut though either. And he kind of did that. Like injured players ultimately end up getting waves and you can save that money. You can save some money. So if they waive Lyle Collins before he can pass a physical, if they hypothetically wanted to do that, the cap savings would be $4 million instead of $6 million is, is the difference. So again, so 11 of my. On, so moving on, let's just say they did that, right? Mm-hmm. Four instead of six, plus Mixon. Mm-hmm. That's already the cap hit and then some for McGlinchey this year. Mm, probably not the way the Bengals do deals. So again, this is what we're talking it's going about. Back we're the talking about part. the same thing. If they, if they prorate more money and they don't do the year one roster bonus that they always do, that puts more – because they always – their tendency is to put more money into the – more cap hit money into the first year of the deal so that they maintain future cap flexibility. Hmm. What you see a lot of other teams doing that constantly do these restructures and are doing cap gymnastics every year, and you look at it and you're like, oh, the Saints have negative $60 million in cap space. How are they going to field the team next year? Well, that's part of the plan, right? They know where their restructures are. They know how to manipulate the cap to free up space, and they're making free agent moves every year anyway, right? So it, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to entirely shift to that when all of your contracts that you set up so far are not set up with that strategy in mind coming down the road. But to your point, if they did all the things that we talked about, 
right? Then you can make the McGlinchey move. You can try to bring back a couple of your own guys, and you might be able to sign a couple other low dollar, low dollar free agents. And the the other thing that we we discussed, they have no one on the books. So for, for when? For in a couple of years, like and that'll right. probably change. It'll be Burrow, right? That it, again, I think the T deal. We'll see. Hopefully, they can get something done. But even if they do, it's not going to be a six year deal where he's suddenly under contract through through 2029 it'll be a three-year deal or a four-year deal and so to me i just i think and one the cap's going up so mcglinchey let's say you got him for let's go 14 million oh you're you're, you're undercutting brad spielberger well yeah okay so and, and hopefully we'll get brad on but uh no they're not always you know projections are projections let's do yeah. 50, fine you get McGlinchey for 15. For what, three years? Well, he, he has it at four? He has it at four years, 37.25 guaranteed. Okay. I, now's the time to do these things. Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing. And I don't want to give them a pass and talk about Cam Fleming. By the way, Cam Fleming might be a great guy. I don't want to talk about a $2 million a year or $4 million a year guy protecting Joe Burrow when they're supposed to go make a Super Bowl run. That, unless it's a rookie that's amazing, which it's really hard to do at 28 to get that done. It just is at right tackle. It's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting position for them to be in because if they spend another $15 million on the offensive line, that puts them at $59 million for, for positional spending on the offensive line next year. So you cut Collins, maybe you move $4 million off of that for, for cap, cap purposes. Your top five spending team on your offensive line you better have a top five offensive line if you're spending that kind of money. Um, They'd be really. I mean, I don't know about top five. Th- does that make them? It, I mean, I know it makes them better because you don't have jo- a starting right tackle right now. But does that improve their depth? It, it kind of is like the same depth as they have this year. At that point, right? All right. Also, if the Bengals have three injured offensive line starters next year, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. You're in a tough like spot. It, it's going to be really hard to do. A spoiler. Like it's just, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. when you're losing, missing three starters. So obviously, you want you want health there. And I'm not making excuses. It's just what it is. But yeah, that that would be the. I mean, what would Jonah be their fourth best lineman? I, I don't think he's that different from Mike McGlinchey. So you like Jonah more than our listeners will hear that though and be like, whoa. Well, I mean, who I do they think Mike McGlinchey is? Like he I there, think there aren't very I think many he's a great solid tackles available. Yeah, yeah, he's a solid starter. Correct. Jonah's an the average ba- starter. That's like Bengals, pretty close to solid The starter. Bengals haven't had a solid starter at right tackle since um Andre Smith. That's yeah, the answer. Probably. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> it's just it's crazy and so that's that's why it's so high on my list is it's like all right i get it they're not going to pay a, a left tackle to come in they do have jonah for one more year they're going to probably stick with volson make sense get it cheap and he's played pretty well considering the circumstances and, and expectations cares they really like kappa was great all right so right tackle it is who's that right tackle they should be in on those guys. And it might not be. Maybe it's Taylor. Maybe like Jawan Taylor, not Mike McGlinchey. Or I, Isaiah Wynn, potentially, by low. He, he would be cheap. 
Cheaper. I mean, single digits. He's projected two years, ten and a half a year, just because starting level tackles in the NFL. Look at what I'm, look at what Collins just got paid. Seven a year, it, with, with incentives to make it go higher. Sure. I, yeah, and Win may have the incentives. Yeah, he, but he's had some injuries and stuff like that. I wouldn't love Win either because there's a huge question mark there, health wise. We're we're once again, <laughs> man. We we did this last year. We're once again talking about time is a flat circle, Jake. Finding better offensive linemen, and uh, let's hit some other needs. It's I don't think they're gonna. Offense. I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think they're going to go spend $15 million on a right tackle. I would give that like a 5% chance of happening. Ugh. I, if they were ever going to, I feel like now would be the time because they could move off of some guys and, uh, and replace those guys in the draft. And so we could talk about some of the other needs because I, I think you're probably right, but uh, maybe I could will it into existence. Today's show <laughs> Also brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. Why? Well, one of the reasons is their no sweat first bet, where you can get as a new customer up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And so maybe you want to wager on NFL futures. Maybe it's all things NBA. And uh, maybe you wagered on All Star Weekend over the weekend. But FanDuel has something for everyone. I've used FanDuel. It's a ton of fun. And let's just use the NBA, for example, since games are picking back up. You can wager on how many points LeBron scores, how many blocks he gets, how many turnovers Russell Westbrook has as a member of the Clippers. Oh, man, kicking Russ while he's down. Well, you can do that and so much more at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, turns out there are more positions on a football field than right tackle. Oh. Where do we go next, James? Do we talk about tight ends? Everybody's mocking a tight end to the Bengals. Tight end could help. Yeah, tight end could help for sure. Maybe but, we spend uh, this entire episode on the offense after all. I think tight ends in the mix. Uh, certainly from a... Certainly from a draft standpoint, even even if they sign a Hurst or, or one of these guys in, in free agency, certainly in the mix. I think cornerback is is something you can never sleep on when it comes to the Bengals. I, I saw a mock that had them taking a safety. That would be really surprising if they took a safety in the first round. And uh, even if they did let Bell walk, and I think we all assume Jesse Bates is leaving, so... They would have you'd to sell. sign somebody if they let both those guys go. Wouldn't they? Yeah, you'd want to bring a veteran There would in. be somebody. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Like, like You could bring a veteran in and have that veteran. Maybe you, you draft another safety, but maybe not because, well, you took Tyson Anderson last year. It wasn't just Dax Hill. And 
I think that they sure. like Tyson Anderson. And when you're talking about a third safety, can can Tyson Anderson fill that void? Maybe. I mean, they, they've surprised us in safety before, too. Like, it could just be Tyson Anderson and Dax Hill next year. Could they, they've 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 because well, you get cheap at that position you work. get cheap at that position group right mm-hmm. and that's the the trade-off and the interesting balance is where where are they going to get cheaper to go in and maybe spend more on the offensive line or spend more and is that what you want or is that what they spend, want to, to is that what is that where they want to go where they're spending money on the offensive line i don't know it's a reasonable idea of look at what just happened in the Super Bowl, right? You had two teams that highly invested in their offensive line, had varying degrees of weapons outside of that, had quarterbacks playing at a really high level. So okay. Maybe, I don't think anyone would there. Yeah, I don't think anybody would criticize them if they decided to spend more on the line. But the Eagles the Eagles spent the fourth least money in the NFL on safety last year. The Chiefs were like bottom twelve. Well, yeah, because they had just paid uh, the guy who didn't know Hayden Hurst's name. I'm not going to name him. Justin Reed. You named him. You did it. Yeah, I did. But look, maybe it, part of it is is I'm sick and tired of talking about the offensive line, but the Bengals may look at it differently. They may say, we like four of our five guys. Lyle Collins, we like when he's healthy. We'll see if he's healthy. If not, Akeem Adeniji. Or Jackson and Carmen at right tackle. Jackson Carmen. Everyone just talked about how he's in his natural position, right? And 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 heck, there there might be some that say, "Oh, we'll move Jonah or do this or do." Some people are probably pretty mad at us for this Jackson Carmen tone we've taken the last two days. Whatever. I mean, I'm just acknowledging them. I'm acknowledging those of you that are mad at us. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure are people are. It's yeah. sometimes you don't like to to hear the truth. Mm. The truth is, I don't think the Bengals can trust Jackson Carmen to do what he's supposed to do. Because if they could, he would have beat out Cordell Volson. I'm not trying to be like, he should have. He should have beat out Cordell Volson. And he probably should have beat out Xavier Suofilo. It is probably a little bit challenging for them to look at what they've invested in the offensive line, what they feel they've invested in the offensive line and feel like they still have to do it. But this is what happens when... You have injuries when you you get the wrong guys when you miss in the draft because they've you know got the second where, round where pick you... and the fourth round pick and the fourth round pick and the sixth round pick and the three free agents. Where would you invest? in the first but, round pick? Do you agree with a jumping off point, offensive, or would you go pass rusher? Would you go? Would you go explosive receiver? Would you go in another direction, or would uh, you would you say right tackle if they were going to like we're, we're talking free like, agency? Sure, it, it, biggest need. Biggest need, it, not 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 even necessarily how they address it. Well, I, like you I, said I, biggest need. I think they need to figure out a starter at right tackle. Sure. Okay. I, I think agree? that's. I think that's fair, but I don't know if that means like that's where I want to spend the most money this offseason. Okay. Because if I'm gonna if if I'm thinking I'm Duke Tobin and I want to make the the biggest splash. And and like concentrate money in one guy who I think is going to help the team the most. It might not be tackle. It, it might be that I think I can get a, a guy that's cheaper and serviceable, and and have the depth be roughly the same. Because Collins was serviceable, and when Collins was healthy, oh yeah, they they sure. were they were fine in the offensive line when they were healthy, right? So if you get a guy that's like at that level, it shouldn't cost 
as much because Collins did not play up to the level of his salary as modest as it was for a player of his pedigree. So like if, if I can spend $5 million a year on tackle and, and get a guy that I think is going to be able to protect as well as Collins did last year, which should be doable. And then spend more money on a Javon Hargrave or a Ooh. tight end. Ooh. You're saying you want Mike Asicki? Well, I would shoot a little higher. Oh, who? Dalton Schultz. I like Dalton Schultz for the oh, tight ends. Oh, and and we're talking about a top of the tight end guy. And I, again, I don't a top of the tight end class, free agency Ooh. group, whatever. I don't think the Bengals do that either, right? But if I'm thinking, where am I going to drop a lot of money? One, the Bengals don't think that way. They're going to try to get three guys for $20 million instead of one guy for $15 million and two guys for one, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's mm-hmm. their... So you're saying they're not going to be in on Saquon Barkley? And what's he even going to get paid? I it's not a good year to be a running back in the NFL. Nope. They that's can't a, keep that's Joe. That's a whole another. They can't keep Joe, right? Not at that number, especially look at the Aaron Jones stuff in Green Bay. Like, there's a clear framework there. Anyway, should, I just, I Joe, just think so. we should t- we should talk about Mixon a little more this week at some point. There's more there. Anyways, it's a, it's a big topic. I I, I just um, when when you talk about spending big money in one position, one the Bengals don't do it. Two, I think about trying to find the player that's going to make the biggest difference. And if you feel okay about four of your linemen, and you and you know what Collins was last year, like how much better is a $15 million tackle going to be versus what you got out of Collins last year versus adding a guy like Javon Hargrave? Oh, well, sure. If I just, I think McGlinchey would already be pushing it too. Yeah. I don't think they do either of those things. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, but, but Hargrave would be pushing it even more. And, right. uh, and then you're getting into reader's future and how it impacts that and all of those things. Like with McGlinchey, you could say, all right, well, Jonah's probably off the books unless he balls out in, yeah. in 2023. He's off the books the next year. And now that offensive line number drops. You probably have a rookie behind him, uh, you know, second-year player in 24. Who knows? But and, it's fun. It's fun to talk about. And I think you have to look at the draft class too, which we haven't done yet. Hopefully we'll get to a primer this week, later in the week, maybe early next week. Um and, and talk about really just like where the strength is of this class. It doesn't feel based on what I've read so far and, and talk to people who have been deep in this class so far. It doesn't feel like a tremendously strong draft class in general. And, you know, the depth does line up in a few spots, tight end, running back. We've, we've talked about that. But the, you know, interior offensive line is, is pretty tough this year. Tackle is pretty top heavy this year. So like, figuring out where you think you're going to be able to get value in the draft and how that informs your free agency decisions is all is all part of it. But it looks like we have some stuff to talk about, James. Some good discussion here today about, yeah. you know, Mike McGlinchey versus opportunity cost, essentially. Yeah, and it, I I could get on board with, the, you know, the the journeyman if you're confident that you can be competent at right tackle. That's what I'm looking for. And towards the end of the year, it was it was tough. And who knows? Who knows what they do? But uh, th- there's a lot. There's a lot to dive into that uh, we can do in the, the upcoming days and weeks. And the question is really, where else does that money go? 
how can you take the the slice of the pie that you have from a cash perspective, from a cap perspective, after you deal with Joe Burrow, after you maybe deal with T Higgins and get the most bang for your buck to help your team the most this year? And that's a question that we're going to continue to try to answer, that they're going to answer when free agency comes around. James, we started our free agent spreadsheet, our tier list. It's up. I'll have to send you the link because I don't think I have yet. And you, you can start to go put your tears in there. Bre- breaking news. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be ready to talk about that here in the near future as well. The combine coming up, of course, and uh, we're getting into the offseason. Still in that little bit of a dead period. We're going to have a mailbag coming up this week. Keep your eyes out for that. It's, it's a mailbag part of the year here as well. But we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. And until next time, day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.